Welcome to the Whole Indie Show, your home for your weekly slice of indie goodness. So it's natural that I ask myself, is this a risk I'm willing to take? And the answer, absolutely. If you know something about me, you know that I am trying to change the wave of the future. Jesus, what is the change? We need to pay the Innocence, once lost, can never be regained. Darkness, once gazed upon, can never be lost. All things truly wicked start from innocence. Because I want to see you, see me, smash your Come and play. What I want is Brian Danielson's head on a stick. This is my challenge to everybody on the independent scene, and that's to fly. Try to be the best in the world. With your hosts, Sandro Latelpa and Ashley Richardson. Welcome everybody to episode 132, I have been informed by my producer, of the whole indie show, here on the SNS Radio Network. As ever, it is actually sounding a bit under the weather, uh, mainly because my sleep patterns have just gone weird. It's my own fault. Don't worry, I'm, I'll probably recover. It's not like a major bout of flu, I think. I don't think I've brought that on myself. Mainly because I'm not going to a convention until September. So, uh, hopefully that means I'm only going to get one flu a year rather than two. I don't know. Anyway, joining me for all these shenanigans as ever, uh, my co-host Sandro. And, uh, yeah, um, pretty, well, you've had a busy week because obviously you went to the Five Borough Wrestling Show. Yeah, it was a, a bit interesting on that show. Um, a lot of people were mad Sunday night. You know, people went heapshit. A lot of people were mad all weekend for various reasons. Uh, although I, I would say it's kind of unnecessary for people going heapshit. You know, I, I think uh, Matthew said it best on his page on Batchmania when he says, you know, this shit's supposed to be fun. Let's not go crazy over this, you know, not real sport, you know, it's just wrestling. It's just enjoy for what it Great is. Great thing is, some of the people that were actually the most hateful were the people that watched the product the least. Yeah. But they're that enthralled by it. So I don't know what to think. And and the people that were saying that uh, I'm going to stop watching wrestling or I'm going to, you know, cancel the WWE Network or I'm not going to cover, <laughs> you know, WWE on my radio program, you know, those people will come back, and they'll come back for the next pay-per-view, whatever you want to call it. They'll definitely come back for WrestleMania. They'll come back. They they will probably be back on Monday for Watch Raw, and they'll probably come back next week, as they always do. You know, you know they say they're going to do this and that, but they never do. They just go back watching it. Uh, we'll see. I mean... Sort of ironic what happened to them this week, but of course, 
well, actually, well, that's what I want to bring up first. Obviously, because Monday Night Raw got snowed off, it was sort of a makeshift Raw with live stuff and everything. However, as if to step into the breach, possibly due to the success of the hashtag Raw alternative uh, YouTube thing from the week before, practically everybody and their mother which is probably not not everybody, but quite a lot of promotions decided, hang on, Monday night is when people associate with wrestling. Let's try and do something. So, uh, Interspecies Wrestling had their Slamtasia 5 show put up for free. Uh, the archive of the Raw Alternative show got put up for free for 24 hours. I think that was the same with the ISW one. Uh, Smash Wrestling aired um, their Challenge Accepted show in full for free. Um, For one time only, because uh, as soon as the video was done, it was privated and deleted and everything. FWE... Not only did they show Night 2 for free, but then, I guess because they still had the stream running, they actually showed the Night 1 feed as well. Despite the fact that's already on YouTube anyway for free and will be forever, hopefully. I didn't know that. Yeah, I I was part of my sleep patterns, which I mentioned earlier. I actually stayed up way, 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 way early into the morning and into the next afternoon or whatever. And I noticed that uh, the stream was still going. And it was the bit when Matt Seidel was calling out the guys who called him out, you know, when he jumped the barrier from night one. And yeah, they just randomly kept it going. And then most interestingly, Shikara had a stream, which was a mix of stuff from this season and stuff from previous seasons. Because of the the match that I remembered catching. Because I couldn't catch all of them because everything was going on. Uh, was the... Um, i trying to think. It was the match between Lost Ice Creams, I believe, and... Gervais, Cottonbelly, and um, Marin Fontaine. I think it was them. Mm. From one of the shows, um, you know, in, as part of the new season. I can't remember where, which show it was or where, but uh, it was one of them. Yeah. I know there was a Sarah Del Rey one as well, which I'm annoyed that I missed now. <laughs> Yeah, I saw uh, parts of the, the shows that was going on. I saw part of the Smash. I saw part of the Refute show. Uh, I saw a little bit of the Chikara stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff was going on on Monday nights. Uh, you know, even though the Raw, even though they were re- replaying the last two matches of the Roman pay-per-view, even though they got the highest rating, uh, some of those shows that were streaming online did uh, pretty good numbers. I know... Smash at one point had about over 500 people, I think. Like, FW was going over like 800 people at one point. 
Uh, I can't can't say about the Chikara one because there was no. Obviously, they weren't streaming from YouTube. They issue, were, yeah, they were streaming a different uh, provider. But uh, I think overall, it was a pretty good, somewhat a good success, you know, despite uh, what was being shown on television in North America. Um, I I give the the company kudos for giving the fans something else to watch because they we, nobody mm-hmm. knew what was going to show on Raw because of the snowstorm in Connecticut. So, you know, I, I give them props for the independent companies to do something like this and offer fans like, hey, we're showing this show for one night only or for 24 hours, and it's your only opportunity to check it out. So watch it and spread the word. And I know a lot of people were definitely, were definitely spreading the word on Twitter. I know some people were at one point, like, uh, giving screenshots of their computers, like, trying to watch all, all, all the shows at the same time. Which was funny, <laughs> um, but that's you know crazy. that's you know good for them, and uh, glad to hear that uh, people were happy with what they saw. I will say because it was in the twenty-four hour period, I managed to get a copy of Raw Alternative as well. Yeah, you you, you probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> we don't want to make sure or uh, Mike Rose from Small Rock Video mad. So, hey. I I've I've purchased their stuff in the past, and I just it it's not available anymore. It's not like I'm going to share it with anybody. I'm keeping it for my own private <laughs> use, which I think is, I think that's I think that stuff's allowed, isn't it? Uh, yeah. As long as it isn't as long as it isn't allowed for as long as it isn't distributed. Yeah, as long as you don't share it, I guess you're fine. But <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm not going to share it. Screw it. I'm keeping it. If you want it, buy all the DVDs like I have. Come on. Now, uh, speaking of FWE. Uh, yes. Surprising news from them. And this was uh, supposed to involve their March show. As they were supposed to make their debut in California. Unfortunately, they ran into some unfortunate news. Apparently... The venue that they were planned to use for the March show in California is apparently currently under major construction. And there's no way to use the venue until at best after April. So because of this, they have to change the format of the show and they will not be having a show in California. They will be moving the show back here in New York City. Um... As of recording, they haven't uh, announced uh, the venue to have the show, but it's going to be somewhere in New York City. It could be here in Brooklyn by the Bay Ridge area, or it could be in Queens where they used to have the the Elmcore Center, I believe that's the name of the area, which is a bigger venue. Um, the weird thing about the show is it's not going to take place on a Friday or Saturday or even a Sunday it's not even a weekend show. No, yet. because the date of the show is on March 11th, and the day of that show is a Wednesday night, <clears throat> which I didn't realize until they the, they made the announcement about the, the changing of the venue. So uh, we'll find out at some point next week when the venue will be announced. But. Um, uh, I guess it depends if I have time back. I, I could make it, <laughs> depending on the location. But 
that's unfortunate for what they have to deal with. So <clears throat> now this change of plans. Un- that would also be unfortunate because that could that could turn whole indie show into an impromptu. We're doing live coverage of FWE. <laughs> well, I usually do live coverage from the show, so that wouldn't be any difference. But we would have to like uh, change the recording date, which is not even a problem. But uh, yeah. yeah, at some point next week, we'll find out the locations for the new show. Now, <clears throat> moving on to different news. Uh, WrestleCon. Of course, we mentioned uh, two previous matches. Uh, last couple of shows, of course. The, mm-hmm. uh, I guess the rare match. A dream match for some sorts. Uh, Hardys against Sabu and Van Damme. And I can't even recall what the other one was. But... Um, they announced another match for the Super Show that's going to happen. It is going to be a 10-man captain's match. Basically a Survivor Series-style match. <laughs> On one side, you have Coke Cabana, who's going to be the team captain. And on the other side is Chris Hero, who was the captain of that team. Now... Their respective partners have not been announced so far as a recording. But I'm assuming uh, leading up to the show, they'll probably make some announcements for both teams. And they already announced their like team names. Uh, for Cabana's team, it's called Team Funny Draws Money. And for Hero's team, it's called Team Chris Hero Ain't None to Fuck With. Which is not really catchy <laughs> as Cabana's names, but I guess it will do. Well, you know, at least we know what the chant will be. Sure. <laughs> now, uh, some news as well from PWG. Yes. <clears throat> Updates on uh, their February 27th show. We now know the title. And possibly inspired by a certain man from St. Louis, or St. Louis, depending how you pronounce it. Uh, the show is entitled From Out of Nowhere. I don't know what it's relating to. Possibly the fact that From Out of Nowhere, Trevor Lee gets a chance at the title. Possibly. I don't know. All I know is there's had to be some adjustments to the card. The... Original plan was was it supposed to, it was supposed to be Brian Cage and the Young Bucks I think wasn't it? No, it was supposed to be Uha and Cage against the Young Bucks. Okay, but with that happening now, uh, with the fact that Uha Nation uh, won't be able to make it, which may or may not be to do with his WWE stuff, I'm not sure. Uh, they've had to make some adjustments. Henceforth, and this is ridiculous, the Monster Mafia, in their debut match at PWG, take on the Young Bucks. Yeah, buddy. There's a proper reason to get hype. Dear God, that's going to be good. Yeah, obviously, both teams have had matches before, and in California... Uh, I think it was uh, two years ago, and they had a, like a rematch uh, last year as well. 
So they're no strangers to each other, and I'm sure they'll have a great match in Reseda. Uh Also, the Beaver Boys will be making their debut, taking on the best friends. That's going to be a good match as well. Mm-hmm. And it will be Matt Seidel versus Ricochet as well. Yep. Tickets did go on sale uh, on Thursday. They're probably sold out by now. Probably. Because they normally are. Although there is one thing to notice as well that I've saw, I I noticed on the website even last week when I was looking at stuff. The banner has changed at the top of the website. Mm. And there is clearly no Ring of Honor talent on it. Kylo Riley's been removed. Cole's been removed. Elgin's been removed. So I think that probably hints that those horror stories we're hearing about these guaranteed contracts are true. They're even getting pulled from PWG shows, which obviously means, well, we know the situation was strong, but that it looks like Chomper is working on the same deal yeah. as Roderick. Yeah, fortunately. In that they're not under contract. They're just signed to them. <clears throat> sort of thing. They work for them. Which is a shame. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if another match got added from out of nowhere. Because <laughs> obviously that's only seven matches on the card. Because I don't think Candice and Joey are set for anything on that one. I don't know whether they've got a, mm. another show that, that day though, you see. That's the 27th, right? Yeah. Um, it's a Friday, so I'm not sure, but I think they might be in the Midwest that weekend. I ah, think. Okay. Oh, speaking of Candice and Joey, you can go check out episode 90 of their show. Also, in terms of uh, videos, uh, apparently we've had the epic meeting of Carl Anderson meeting Sex Ferguson. <clears throat> Which, you know, it is a thing, I would say. And then, just as an extra bonus back on Monday night, the th- the final cut of Chuck Taylor's trip to China got put up. And it's just a pretty damn nice, goofy look. At the uh, WWN Live Experience, you know, uh, tour to China from a few months back. I only saw like a little bit of the, of the, uh, I guess, short film, I guess, in a way. And it's so hilarious to see like uh, Chuck and Trent just holding hands, <laughs> like putting their arms against each other, which is so hilarious. I just wonder what what were the, the people in China were just thinking when they saw them. Uh, you know, like holding hands. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, there must have been some going, what? And then also, for those of you that did miss uh, the match from Raw Turn, was it part of Challenge Accepted as well? Uh, which match? The Smash Wrestling match from Raw Alternative. The s- With the Bucks. <clears throat> uh, that one, yes. Uh, that match, in case you did miss it, 
uh, is up on our social media stuff uh, with the Bucks taking on the Super Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Really good tag match. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm pleased. That they, I'm I'm pleased and also surprised that they've given it away for free, rather than get people to buy the VOD or DVD. And uh, well, Smash didn't really release this. This was more of Joey Ryan's channel. Uh, he he released the uh, tag match between uh, the world's cutest tag team against uh, Pepper Parks and Cherry Bomb. It's also on our social media. Um, is there a few bit more bits of news from you, Sandro? Uh, I guess one last bit of news that's involved as WWN or Wrestling Network. Uh, I guess because a certain somebody quit uh, this past weekend from uh, WWE, uh, he's going to be making an appearance for WrestleMania weekend. I guess the former uh, Justin Gabriel, I, I guess going out, going under, I would say a, a terrible name. Uh, P.J. Black, the former Justin Gabriel, wow. will be making his... Is he Tyler's brother? I had no idea, <laughs> but that's a pretty generic name if I ever heard one. Especially on the Independence, my, my goodness. Uh, majority of the feedback that I saw, I think a lot of people are very interested in this and I guess excited to see him. On the independence, I guess my thoughts on it was, I mean, yeah, he was good and he was, you know, fine in WWE, but like to me, he's just like another high flyer. Like to me, there's nothing he does anything different compared to some of the other high flyers. So let's say like a, an ACH or Matt Seidel or even a Young Bucks, you know, like he's just another high flyer who I think mm-hmm. is just going to get, I don't want to say like, lost in the shuffle but i think he might get pushed a bit too soon but i guess now that he's not you know restricted under the wwe style per se i guess this is a chance for him to showcase his his style that he never had a chance to display while he was in wwe so uh, i guess it should be interesting to see how well he does and uh see if the fans uh, will accept him yeah um, and obviously that's going to be what I think he's got a show this weekend because he was mentioning it some somewhere on his social media stuff. But in terms of, you know, I doubt he'll steal the show at WrestleMania weekend, <clears throat> but we'll see. Ho- hopefully, has a decent showing anyway, and pleases the fans that attend um, the WWN live stuff or wrestle con or whatever shows he decides to do yeah. now uh do you want to briefly uh run through the lucha underground stuff because obviously with uh unplugged being uh cancelled last week you wanted to quickly give a mention to it uh yeah uh last week's episode uh lucha underground episode 11 uh i thought was a I thought it was a solid episode. I, like the first match was just a comedy match with uh, Pepin La Escalerta and Mascarita Sagrada against uh, the Crenshaw crew of uh, Cisco and Cortez. Uh, it was short, but I thought it had its moments. It was fun for, for what it was. Um, there was like an interview segment with uh, Brian Cage and Vampiro where... I guess Vampiro was being more of the aggressor in the interview, which I don't even I don't even know why he was doing that, but 
part of me was hoping that Cage would just knock him out, but uh, he was close to it. <laughs> was close to it, but I thought it was a good interview with Cage. And then there was a match with uh, Superfly and Pentagon Junior. Uh, pretty solid match, I will say. And then uh, Pentagon Junior won the match, and he cut a promo that uh, he wasn't happy with what Chavo did to him, and he's gonna bring a friend that well, hopefully will help him in his uh, in his run in Lucha Underground. And then there was a match with uh, Sexy Star and Mariachi Loco. Uh, it had its moments. It was fine. Um, kind of showing that uh, Loco wasn't taking Sexy Star seriously because she's a female, but uh, Star wasn't holding back. And uh, she got the win at the end. And then, like, the main event was a last man standing match with Drago and King Cuerno. Uh, I would say I actually enjoyed the match. Definitely went back and forth between the two. And I guess uh, Cuerno has been watching his uh, last man standing matches featuring John Cena because his finish was pretty much the same as what John Cena would do <laughs> in a last man standing match as he would wrap uh, Drago, not with duct tape, but with ropes uh, wrapped in the corner so Drago wouldn't get up and he won the match. But uh, it, it, was, it was I enjoyed it. Uh, for what it was. And I know this week's episode is the last episode of the season one. Uh, from the sources that I check out for the upcoming episodes, apparently there will not be a break in between seasons and it will continue as normal. Okay. So for next week's episode should be episode one of season two. And of course the First couple of tapings just wrapped up. Well, not really wrapped up, just for the first couple of episodes of the weekend wrapped up. And of mm-hmm. course, the as we expected, the former uh, ADR, Alberto El Patron, made his official debut at the Challenge Ground, as well as the former AAA champion, Tejano Jr. And apparently, they're bringing their feud to the Underground. So it uh, should be very interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I, I I remember as well. I think even Lucha was actually on Monday night as well. Yeah, there were for those people that had El Rey, they put on two hours yeah. back to back. I don't. I guess it must have been the last two episodes. It wasn't the new stuff. I'm guessing. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have that channel, so I couldn't tell you. Right. So now we jump into results. I'll hand it straight back to Sandro because we might as well start off with uh, your trip to Five Borough Wrestling. Oh, you put him on the spot. I don't even have my notes for that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, no, we'll jump to it in a yeah, minute because I've got other. Go with the other. Results. I've got other cards to go yeah. through. Uh, so uh, first up, we have got the International Wrestling Federation show, the chosen one. Um, bringing this up, despite the fact we didn't mention it last week, because it's actually got a pretty stacked card for what went down. Uh, the opener saw Kevin Cronk beat exciting Evan Daniels with a Cobra clutch. Uha Nation beat Matt Seidel with the Uha combo. Chris Hero defeated ACH after the Cyclone kill. Matt Cage was victorious over Jacob Austin Young. Uh, Drew Galloway beat Tommaso Ciampa with the Future Shock. Brian Cage defeated Biff Busick with the Discus Lariat. Sean Rickers beat Joey Ryan with the air egg crash. 
the Young Bucks were successful over Trevor Lee and Shane Strickland with their Indie Taker. And then in the final match, it was the four-way elimination to crown their very first IWF champion with Chris Hero, Uar Nation, Brian Cage, and Drew Galloway in it. Hero was the first to be eliminated by Drew Galloway with the uh, Future Shock. Uha uh, then got eliminated by Brian Cage with Discus Lariat. And then thanks to a distraction by uh, Brian Cage's manager, Stu Stone, Drew uh, got hit with a Northern Discus Lariat. And uh, your winner and first IWF champion, the man they call Cage. <clears throat> Uh, then we've got uh, Excellence Pro. They had their reservations for two show last uh, Sunday. I think. Oh, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, sorry, 24th, yeah. Uh, said to be a sellout, apparently. So it was good to see uh, it being busy. But then again, there was a lot of people in Philly that weekend. Um so we had one night only of Mark Quinn and Anthony going gone, successful over Danger Jameson and Rembrandt Lewis. Uh, the Boar beat Nick, which is the way it probably should have been. Assad King, successful over Oleg the Usurper, which will roll up. Smiley beat Lucky 13. The Boar then attacked Smiley afterwards. Because apparently Boars do not like smiles. Orange Cassidy and Lucky 13... Rather random team, but okay. Uh, beat Dan Champion and Ken Broadway. Then Icarus beat Juan Francisco de Coronado after basically Coronado cut a long promo and Icarus basically sort of, I guess, must have hit him while the promo was going on and the match was quickly over. It's possibly a bit disappointing, which is ironic, which we'll get to. Uh, Workaround beat Missile Assault Ants. Diona Perazzo beat Miss Dyslexia via DDT. And Granakuma beat Blind Rage with a Brain Buster. Uh, now, I think you're ready to go through FBW, <laughs> Sandra. Uh, yeah, uh, just a couple of uh, quick notes uh, before the show even started. Um, uh, I guess before the show even started, like, I guess during the uh, 7 o'clock hour, I guess, when they let everybody in, kill some time. Uh, there were some kids uh, nearby me, and uh, Drew Gulak was walking by. So as he's walking past by the ring, uh, I overhear them saying, that guy looks like Daniel Bryan. <laughs> and I just started to laugh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it it kind of looks like him, like a couple of years back when he first started in WWE with the beard and everything, so... You know, that, that, that kind of got me in a good chuckle. Saw Austin Aries for a bit. He was walking around, and the guy was, like, dressed to the tents. Like, this guy was just coming out of, like, a GQ photo shoot or something. I think it was, like, the only guy that dressed uh, pretty classy out of the whole roster. But uh, talk with the Juicy Product for a bit. Um, talk about what's going on with uh, In Beyond and everything. Let's see if they're, like... They go in a separate ways, and that's what it seems like it's where it's going at the moment. And obviously, uh, Dunn is uh, teaming up with uh, Chris Hero for the moment. And, um, you know, also talking about uh, 
they're about to go their recent their upcoming trip to Mexico next in uh, March actually, saying that they're looking forward to it and uh, hopefully they could uh, steal the show. Also bought a shirt from JT Dunn, like the new one that just came out the the Savior shirt that he has, which was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, so the show started. Uh, I will say it was a it was a good turnout for the show. It wasn't a full sellout, but it was like. I would say like 90% full at best. So the first match started off uh, with uh, Frankie Picard from the CCW training school was in the first match. And he took on uh, somebody that uh, I think some people will recognize. Uh, Some people would know him as Jolly Roger from the Chikara Wrestling is Fun world. But uh, he wasn't uh, under the Jolly Roger name. Uh, I guess he was going under a different name. Uh, he was going under the name J-Ro. J-R-O. J-Ro. Which I don't know what it means. Okay. <laughs> which was weird. But, you know, like I said, he wasn't under his Jolly Roger persona. He had a different look to him. He had different gear. Which I thought was was definitely good if you want to go a different persona. So this was something different. Uh, the match was fine. It wasn't terrible or anything, but knowing that it, you know, Frankie Picard doesn't have that much experience, unlike you know J. Rowe, who has a lot of experience, uh, there would be a bit of a, I, I guess I would have a bit of a difficult time getting through the match. Uh, not to say that there were like any sloppy spots or anything. But it seemed like he had a bit of a difficult time. And I'm talking about uh, Frankie Picard here. But for what it was, it was fine. Uh, J-Ro won the match after hitting a suplex into a DDT, which looked pretty brutal. And the next match was pretty surprising because the next match that we had was the Beaver Boys of Alex Reynolds and John Silver taking on the Wolves, Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards, who surprisingly made wow. it, actually made it to the show. Well, considering Davey's making it to more shows now, I guess that's a good thing. But I'm I'm amazed that they're doing this second. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I was I was <laughs> We're like if you arrive late, bad luck. Yeah, if, you, if you came late, well, tough shit. You missed a good match because this was a pretty great match here. Uh, crowd was uh, they were actually more behind with the the wolves. Uh, there were some people that actually obviously knew the Beaver Boys. Uh, this was a really great back and forth match, uh, but in the end, the Beaver Boys get the win over the Wolves, and it was announced that the Beaver Boys would get a tag title opportunity at the next show. Now, the next match, it was supposed to be a singles match between Amazing Red and Jigsaw. But within five seconds in, uh, the GM of the promotion uh, says that uh, we're going to have a a three-way match because this promotion is about giving other people opportunities. And obviously, everybody in the crowd was not having it. Everybody wanted to see Red and Jigsaw wrestle. uh, Obviously, because they really haven't wrestled one-on-one. So this would be a rare match to, to see. So a lot of people weren't really happy to add somebody else into the match. So they added, uh, I guess, a local wrestler for the Fighting Spirit crew, uh, Whip 
uh, Whiplash, I guess his name is. Um, the match was the match was all right. Uh, majority of the time, Jigsaw was not even in the match. Both Red and uh, and uh, Whiplash took him out <laughs> for the majority of the match. So it was mostly just Red and Whiplash just going at it throughout the entire time. But eventually, like, Jigsaw came in, like for I would say like the last four minutes at best. So basically, the end came when uh, Red hit the cold red onto Whip Whiplash. But the thing is, it didn't really look like a cold red. It looked more like a sunset flip pin instead. So, uh, I don't know what happened, but I, I guess it's better to have like a sunset flip than a like a sloppy finish, you know. So for what it was, Red got the win. And uh during the match we saw a little bit of a, a heelish amazing red in this match. You know, like uh I think at one point he hit he hit a low blow on Jigsaw at one point. And yeah. like he tried to use the ropes a couple of times. So this was something different from Red. You don't really see him doing uh any heel tactics in the match. So this was definitely interesting, I will say. Uh, next match was a street fight uh, between uh, Casanova Valentine against Nutritious X. This match was weird. Because this match lasted all about five minutes. <laughs> okay, so they, they start to brawl in the ring for a bit. Then they go outside, brawl for a little bit, get back in the ring, have a little exchange here and there. So here comes the finish. They're... They're on the outside. Um, Casanova takes out a wooden board on the ring and sets it up between the apron and the the guardrail. Uh, X hits Casanova with a snow shovel, which is hilarious. Uh, X tried to go for a tornado DDT off the apron, but Casanova stopped him. Uh, He picks him up. Has him in the suplex position, but then hits like a side effect move, and they go right through the wooden board. And at this point, I was on the other side of the audience, so I did see them like go through the board. But then, like a couple of seconds later, the bell rings, and I thought to myself, "Who? Why did the match end?" Did the ref call for the bell? Uh, was there a pinfall? Like, what happened? Because I could not see what had happened after they both landed. Everything and nothing happened. That's what happened. So pretty much everybody on my side were just very confused. as like, why did the match end? Who won the match? The ring announcer didn't even announce anything, which I was really more baffled. <laughs> I'm like, what the? Here's your winner. Who knows? I'm like, what the hell is this? And I said it on Twitter. I was under the impression it was a no contest because the ref called the bell and did not raise anybody's arms. And I said, this is a terrible way to end the street fight. And it did, and uh, it came out like a few days later because uh, Casanova replied on Twitter, which kind of surprised me because I didn't tag him because I didn't know he was on Twitter. But anyways, he told me that he won the match and he had footage of the match. And uh, I did check the footage and it, it it does appear that he did win the match because after they hit the move uh, the ref did win for the the pin count and he actually did win the match but the referee did not raise his arm 
or you know, like I said, the ring announcer didn't say anything. So that was just. I don't know if the ring announcer was out of place or what because he he was there. So I don't understand why he didn't make the announcement. But a major goof. That's what he's going to say. That was <laughs> just. Uh, I w- I would say lazy on both the, the referee and the the ring announcer's part because. From my vantage view and everybody else around me, we were just confused on what just happened because we literally had no clue on who won the match. So, you know, it's, you know, it is what it is. So the next match is uh, Mega Muscle of Mike Verna and the Big O, uh, who are the current uh, FBW tag champs, taking on Milk Chocolate, uh, Randy Summers, and Brandon Lotz. Uh, this is a storyline going around where the general manager and I guess the former manager of Mega Muscle, uh, I guess, turned their back on most in particular to Mike Verna. And I guess trying to convince the big O to come on his side because, you know, he's saying that Mike Verna, you know, he doesn't, he takes all the credit. He doesn't give you any credit and he won't take all the attention and this and that. So he's trying to recruit big O to his crew. Uh, the GM had like two mysterious men who was wearing uh, hoods and uh, bandanas around their their face, so couldn't really tell who they were. So onto the match itself, uh, a pretty good back and forth match between the two, uh, but in the end, uh, uh, Mega Muscle actually gets the win after a failed distraction from uh, the GM and uh, his cronies. Uh, there was a really weird moment. Uh, between uh, Milk Chocolate, uh, more in particular, uh, I think it was uh, Brandon Watts. Um, how should I put this? I, I guess he did something that um, you probably wouldn't see, uh, let's say, in a WWE television. That's all I'll say. That was uh, very weird. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to your imagination, yeah. kids. <clears throat> Anyways... Uh, the GM uh, once again tries to convince Big O to come on his side. And while he's talking to Big O, the two mysterious men started to attack Mike Verna. And they take off the hoods and the mask. And it turns out to be uh, Blake Morris and Rex Lawless from NYWC. And they try to recruit uh, Big O to join on their team and to attack Mike Verna. But instead... Mike Verna helps out his partner and takes out Rex Lawless and Blake Morris. And he said that he's, he has his bro's side and he's going to help him and he's never going to turn his back on him. So they're building up, building up that uh, feud, uh, possibly in the next show. So why, why have the Beaver Boys then got a title shot of the next show? If you're already doing storyline to another different feud completely. Well, I guess this was... Uh, Rex Lawless and uh, Blake Morris's debut because they didn't really debut. Before. Oh, okay. No, actually, no, I know they they were actually at the last show, uh, in November. Now, now that I remember, but uh, I'm still confused. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they were. I guess they were on the hoods and everything, so I guess nobody knew. So, anyways, at after intermission, we had the next match of uh, David Starr who surprisingly came out to Joan Jett's Do You Wanna, which was yes. awesome. 
And I was actually confused because I actually thought that uh, the main event was next with the JT and Aries. But uh, I was like, oh, thank goodness, because you don't want to give that match next after doing the mission. <laughs> but anyways, uh, David Starr took on uh, Joe Mattel. Uh, the match was, it was fine for what it was, you know, pretty good back and forth, but, um, it actually kind of ended abruptly because, uh, I guess they were building up for the next show that was happening between Attell and, um, yeah, I think his name is, uh, Ian Allwell, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. they kind of like threw a, uh, I think it was a no contest for that match. So the next match was a fatal four-way match. Drew Gulak taking on Sanjay Dutt, taking on uh, Brian Myers and Talon. Uh, it was actually a pretty good match for what it was. Uh, all four guys, uh, you know, did their best, and the fans were definitely into it. But in the end, uh, Sanjay got the win after hitting a, a schoolboy on Gulak, but while pulling the tights. So he got a, a sneaky win at the end. And then the main events, a match you're probably never going to see anywhere else, but you never know. <laughs> JT Dunn taking on Austin Aries. This match was really great. <laughs> the crowd was so hot for this match. Majority of the crowd was for, was chanting for Aries. And there were some people chanting for JT, including myself. But I think eventually more people were chanting for JT as well. So it was more like a 50-50 between the fans. Really great back and forth between both guys. You know, Aries did his usual, you know, signature moves. He did the heat-seeking missile. He did the triple suicide dives. You know, JT did his usual stuff. Uh, he was going for like the Royal Nebels a couple of times. Uh, but in the end... Aries got the win after hitting the Brain Buster. And, you know, like I said, uh, just a really great match. Uh, everybody gave both guys a standing ovation after the match. And uh, Aries uh, got on the mic and he put over JT as uh, one of the guys you got to check out. He's going to be, the, you know, the next guy uh, to keep your eyes out for. Uh, overall, um, Grade-wise, I'd probably give it a solid B. Uh, I think, like, the main event definitely saved the show, in my opinion. I think, like, the first half of the show, with the exception of the, the tag match, it was all right. Uh, I would have preferred if they they left the singles match as it is and not a triple threat, and I'm talking about the Amazing Red and Jigsaw match. I was kind of disappointed that they had somebody else. Um. The rest of the show was, it was all right. But like I said, I think the main events uh, saved the show, in my opinion. Uh, definitely match of the night, hands down, the main event. And they said that uh, the next show is going to happen in March. And they're going to return to the Legion Hall in Brooklyn that they debuted back in in November. Right. Um, so... That seems like it was a pretty good show, from what you said. From well, certainly the main event, certainly was uh, pretty good. Mm -hmm. But I guess there was still uh, the key factor is there were some people complaining about what was going on. 
all about the complaints. Because yeah. <laughs> I seem to be complaining with pretty much nearly every show that happens here. A few haven't, thankfully. Uh, so next up in the results, uh, Valkyrie 4 Ragnarok from last Friday. Open with Diana Perazzo beating Jennifer Cruz. Uh, the Bonesaw Jesse Brooks, accompanied by Julia Smokes, defeated Renee Michelle. La Rosa Negra uh, beat Super AJ Pereira. Nilo the Destroyer was successful over Ashley America, despite having a martini thrown in her eyes by the top shelf Troy Nelson. Uh, Sumi Sakai. Victorious over superstar Nikki Adams. Davian beat Miss Dyslexia. And Casey Carlisle successfully defended the Queen of Valkyrie belt against Mistress Belmont in a building-wide brawl, apparently. Hmm. The old fight. Yeah, and uh, from what I've heard, I think uh, by the time this gets released, I think that show has been released on uh, VOD. But uh, uh, next show will be on March seventh in Staten Island. Yeah, I guess they're doing a, a double header with uh, Warriors of Wrestling, so the Valkyrie show is going to be an afternoon show. Uh, judging from the photos that I saw from uh, the last show, I don't think it, they did strong uh, mm. attendance wise, which is uh, a shame. I think the one thing to note, because we're going to come to Shine next. It isn't running the same time as Shine this time. Yes, but also... It's running on Saturday but, as but, well. But also, uh, on that night, uh, there was a, a JR uh, Q&A in New Jersey. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that uh, had an effect. So, Shine 24. Uh, apparently, Rob Naylor was on ring announcing duty. So I don't know what happened to... Uh, Probably Heather, though. The usual, the usual girl. That's uh, probably Heather, Heather Lynch. Is, yeah, uh, Heather. I don't, know what Heather, I don't know what happened to Heather. Unless she was busy at Valkyrie, I don't know. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I think she was still hurt, you know. Like. Uh, so, on this, Amber Gallows was victorious over Amber Rodriguez after an STO. Uh, Solo wanted to go Solo. To take on Luscious Latasha, but it got changed by SoCal Val to a tag match with uh, the two taking on better than you, Jamie Jameson and Marty Bell. Uh, Jamie Jameson getting the win for her team, pinning Solo Darling after assisting Powerbomb. And then after the match, Andrea beat the shit out of Solo and Latasha. Well, that's stupid. <clears throat> Alison Kay then cuts a promo. With all of Valkyrie saying that they want to reestablish their dominance in Shine. Well, you might want to take out Valifornia then. That's, that's the problem now. You've got two major heel stable, well, technically three major heel stables, what with Legendary. So it's like, who are the good guys supposed to be? Everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Taylor made uh, victorious over Jessica James with a running netbreaker. Worth noting that Athena, Lever Bates, and Valkyrie were all at ringside for this one. Afterwards, uh, Naomi Bosquez came in to attack Taylor May, but got held back by the rest of Valkyrie. 
That's a bit weird. Uh, then we had Sue Young versus Lever Bates. With Lever winning by DQ after basically Sue Young locked in the purge, aka the mandible claw, which all of a sudden now makes sense as to why Lever was dressed how she was. I guess it was sort of an omen of sorts. Does that mean she's dressing up as Damien for the next one? Oh, the, there was a, re- um, well, was a reason she was... I actually didn't see the promos uh, leading to the show. Well, no, but it's just obviously Sue Young's finisher is the purge. Yeah. Yeah. But she was going to, uh, I guess, clean out the, the wrong that's been going on about in uh, Shine. Yeah, and then the purge got put on her. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know where it worked. But it clearly did because Sue Young didn't break the hold, so that's how Lever won by DQ. Uh, Alison Kay beat Athena after hitting a discus lariat. And thanks to a distraction from Valkyrie as well. Uh, for Basically, uh, Athena did go for the O-Face, but the distraction caused uh, allowed Kay to hit the lariat. Said to be a really good match, which is unsurprising because it's Alison Kay and Athena. Uh, then in the tag team war, the Kimberlia Bombs were successful over Legendary after uh, Leah hit the Killer Leah Moonsault on Thunder Kitty for the win. And in the main event, Mia Yim retained her title after hitting a package pile driver on Santana. Uh, Santana did have a match or had opportunity to win the match several times, but Mia Yim was able to kick out afterwards. Amber Gallows beat the shit out of Santana and they feuded to the back. Then Valkyrie came in, attacking Mia Yim. Athena tried to make the save. Jessica James tried to make the save. Lever tried to make the save. All were unsuccessful. Then all of a sudden, Hugh Jessica Havoc. What? So I guess she's on a different contract now or something. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of speculation from people. Uh, some people were thinking that she might be done with TNA. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I haven't read anything. Uh, I think one thing that is possible that she could be on her way out. Uh, she, I'm not sure if she was taken out or she just wasn't even announced. Uh, she is not part of the upcoming UK tour. Uh, that might be why. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, w- it would suck for her to not be with TNA, but at the same time, uh, I'm not sure if it's done anything for her. I mean, the only thing she's done, she's already won the, the women's title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what else she can do. One thing of note, like the show, which we'll be reviewing in a minute, uh, the show lasted just about two hours. Mm. So pretty short. <clears throat> and Shine 25, as we previously mentioned, coming on March the 6th. Yeah, they're taking uh, next month off, which is surprising. Uh, we do have a bit of a breaking news. And this involves the upcoming National Pro Wrestling Day. Ah, I wonder whether you're going to cover it. 
<laughs> they just announced one match that has been confirmed and is a very, very interesting match. Your namesake, namesake, excuse me, Ashley Remington, will be taking on Drew Gulak. That's a match I want to see. That is very, very interesting, I will say. It's a match I want to see. I won't lie. I want to see that. And hopefully I will, because certainly with the last few shows, it's been available for free. So I'll approve. Now, uh, next up, Beyond Wrestling's Dojo Wars show. Um, from, I think, Saturday, Friday? Uh, I, I guess that... Uh, Friday Friday the 23rd. I so, guess I yeah. guess being up uh, has affected you. It was Friday. Yeah. Well, all I see is a number. It's not like an obvious... It's not like an obvious date, because I'm trying to remember... Normally I go by cinema dates because that's when the Fridays are. But like I know February's Friday the thirteenth, so I work back from that. So uh, they f- they first announced that the Dojo Wars Northeast version will be coming back to the Chop Shop for a double header on Saturday, February the twenty first. The other thing to note about this Dojo Wars show is you actually got six matches rather than five. You got one more or something. Uh, so, starting off with uh, the team PWA Academy of Kevin Park, Christian Castanova, and Drew Mastone beat Team Busick Academy of Xavier Bell, Two Buff, and Ace Romero after Christian Castanova hit Nick McDowell with Frog Splash. I'm guessing that's Two Buff, Nick McDowell. Because he wasn't listed there. That's a bit weird. In the RWA Showcase... Mike Grasser beats Robbie Arujo with a running knee. In a four-way tag team match, uh, the Minutemen were successful over the Can-Am connection, team friendship, and the influence after hitting a dragon suplex on Mike Montero, the influence, and then attacked the official after the match, because that's what they do, I guess. Uh, For the Chile Lucha Libre title, Shenron retained, beating Donovan Dijak with a cross-ring to coast-to-coast dropkick. And it's said that there were some freaky displays of athleticism in this one. Which, considering both guys, that's not a surprise. I can believe that. Uh, Jimmy Preston beat Ted the ladies' man with the thrill ride. Uh, The Hoods beat the Devastation Corporation. And Brian Fury successful over Mikey Webb via submission with the Boston Crab. And I think with that, because of the time, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We've got a few more sets of results, I think, from AAW, uh, Ring of Honor TV taping spoilers, and Shikara. And then we will get into our review of uh, the last Evolve show. Not the last ever. Some people may wish it like that because they're sickos. But yeah, Vol 37 and uh, more results coming up after this break.
If you trained, say your prayers, and ate your vitamins, then you'll love the Hulkamania Chronicles. Sean Beckerman, host of Beyond the Bell, your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, breaks down the history and career of the legendary Hall of Famer, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Each edition covers a different era in the history of the Hulkster as we relive our childhood hero. From the beginning of Hulkamania in the mid-80s and the birth of WrestleMania through the challenging times of the steroid trial all the way to his jump to WCW and the formation of Hollywood Hogan and the New World Order and then his return to the WWF leading in to the Hall of Fame. This edition covers it all. You can catch the Hulkamania Chronicles exclusively on Beyond the Bell here on the SNS Radio Network, brother. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And I want to take a moment to let you guys know that personally, I appreciate the support that we've had here on the SNS Radio Network over the years. And I'm here to tell you about a new way that you can help us out and show your support for the SNS Radio Network. We now have a way for you to uh, donate to the SNS Radio Network. If you go to the SNSRadioNetwork.com main page, scroll down. There is now a donate button on the page. Now, I'm not saying you have to donate to us, but your donation is very appreciated as we do a lot of hard work on the SNS Radio Network. It's been a lot of our time and our own money to make sure that you guys have uh, entertaining podcasts and live shows on the SNS Radio Network. So to those who have donated so far, on behalf of the SNS Radio Network, we appreciate you and your continued support. And for those that will donate in the future, again, we thank you for your support of the SNS Radio Network. www.snsradionetwork.com providing you with free podcasts since 2010. fan of the SNS Radio Network? Want to keep up with what's going on with all the personalities and radio shows on the SNS Network? Well, let me tell you how. You can check out the Facebook group over at www.facebook.com slash groups slash SNS Radio Network. On Twitter, follow us at SNS Radio Network. You can follow me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, at SNS underscore JJ sex a one. These are just a few ways to keep up with all the happenings going on on the SNS radio network.
Hey there, listeners of the SNS Radio Network. My wife here. Now, as most of you listeners know, I happen to promote my own albums every now and again. And the latest one is now available. Yes, Dream Sphere. The musical journey that takes you through the realm of fantasy is now available at mindwipestudios.info. 14 tracks plus a couple of bonus tracks, all available for the neat little price of 10 bucks US. $10 US or A. So check it out today. It's got some great tracks, including Witchwood, Dream Sphere, Flights of Dragons, and many, many more. Dream Sphere, available at mindwipestudios.info. gives a hint as to what we're talking about later on um something to do with 37 which might be to do with some other piece of music whatever you you know the music normally re- relates to something that we're talking about regardless coming back with uh more results from this past weekend starting off with aaw's chaos theory 2015 from friday night at the the new uh home of the Trying to think, what's the name of the venue again? Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street. Marionette Park. Uh, So apparently AEW's got new cameras and the promos look very good on the video wall. From what I've got from the notes. The same camera crew that shoots freelance will also be shooting AAW. And Smart Mark will continue to distribute the shows, however. And then there's <clears throat> some announcements made for the next show, or at least join the show. Uh, Alison Kay will be making her AAW debut next month. Woo. The AAW heavyweight champion, whoever it may be, will take on Davy Richards. Yeah. And Jimmy Jacobs will be taking on Ethan Page. <clears throat> so... For the card itself, uh, it opened with Lewis Linden beating Davey Vega via Dragon Sleeper submission. Justice Jones with Angelus Lane defeated Tyler Thomas with a burning hammer. Christian Faith managed to retain his heritage title in a four-way match beating uh, Matt Fitchett, Marin Fontaine and Dick Justice after pinning Matt Fitchett. Chris Sabin victorious over Shannon Moore with a cradle shock. Then in the double dog collar match, <clears throat> Zero Gravity beat the Hooligans after Flippy Cup 2.0, with one of the cutters being uh, stuck between two chairs. Out. Uh, after the match, apparently there was a beat down and uh, Esparza did get put for a table. Therefore, next month, there's going to be a TLC match between the two of them. The feud never ends. The Iron Curtain then came out until 
the super cop, Dick Justice came out. Faith then forearmed Justice in the back of her neck. Uh, a beatdown ensues, and Christian Faith stabs Justice in the eye. I didn't know this was King Lear. <clears throat> or something. Uh, Ethan Page beat DJZ with a spinning Dwayne. Dan Lawrence and Marcus Crane retain the tag titles, beating Ryan Bars and Paco Gonzalez. And then the main event, Eddie Kingston, victorious, successfully retaining his title against Josh Alexander with a back fist and landing on top. So I guess he was basically out on his feet and just managed to fall on him at the right point after hitting the back fist. However, afterwards, the big one, the return of Silas Young, who nailed Eddie Kingston in the back with a chair. It looks like we're back on the road with Silas, which is good to see. Which, I, I guess in a way, it kind of makes sense because Eddie is the champion. And even though Silas did win the feud last year, uh, I guess there's a purpose for him to have a feud again with Kingston because he's the AAW champion. I'd say he's worthy of being champion. Yeah. And I guess Silas doesn't want that. And obviously, you know, Silas was obviously on quite a bit of a run, and not just there, but also Ring of Honor. Yeah, and, and obviously got cut short with the injury and everything. Yeah, and obviously this is his return from injury, because I know he's uh, he's being booked on several shows in the Midwest. So I'm glad to see that Silas is back and uh, healthy once again, and hopefully he'll uh, continue um, his run that uh, I guess he was about to get. In other places and including AEW. Yeah. Speaking of Ring of Honor, next up the um, some of the spoilers for the TV tapings. Spoiler alert. From uh, the former ECW arena, said to be a sold out attendance of over a thousand. The place was full. It was rocking. Uh, three episodes are being taped for this one. Joe Coff then came out to welcome everyone and thank them to come to the show. Uh, there's actually two Titan John screens now rather than one. <clears throat> uh, then and they announced that they will be returning to Philadelphia on August the twenty first. Which is that SummerSlam weekend? I don't remember. If it's somewhere around then, Philly ain't that far from Wherever WWE might be having their show, I guess. I guess it depends. They haven't announced anything, so <clears throat> yeah, we'll have to see. First up in the web exclusive match, the Brutal Burgers were successful over QT Marshall and all good Anthony Green with a piggyback stunner on Anthony Green. There, we opened episode one of the tapings with the two semi-finals in a top prospect tournament. With Donovan Dijak beating Ashley Six with a burning hammer lift into a knee. And Will Ferreira getting the win over the Beer City Bruiser with a co-breaker. So the final will be Ferreira versus Dijak. <clears throat> uh, next, the Red Dragon coming out for their live fish tank recording. Dressed in suits. And they announced that the Young Bucks will be their opponents for the 13th anniversary pay-per-view. 
Yes, they know what they're doing, Ring of Honor. <laughs> no one have an issue with that. I think they will uh, have a great match as always. Cash your money's right there. The Young Bucks did come out, but Red Dragon hogged the mic time, made fun of the Bucks, losing to them at Wrestle Kingdom 9 after flying their families all the way out to Japan, which ended in the brawl and O'Reilly getting super kicked. I would not be surprised if they decided to put both tag belts online. Oh, the IWGP as well as yeah. the Ring of Honor. Yeah, possibly. Roderick Strong, uh, victorious over QT Marshall with a sick kick. Afterwards, the decade came out and started arguing with Strong. So I guess it's probably going to be Strong versus uh, Whitmer at some point. And then for, to close the first episode of The Kingdom, of Matt Taven, Maria, and Michael Bennett beat the Briscoes in ODB after Bennett and Taven super kicked ODB, which allowed Maria to pin her. Adam Cole did come out in a sling to be on commentary for this one. And thanks to a distraction from Cole towards the end, it allowed the kingdom to low blow the Briscoes. <clears throat> which then allowed them to super kick ODB and so on and so forth. Then episode two opens with uh, Jay Lethal and Jay Diesel uh, beating the addiction of Daniels and Kazarian when Lethal rolled up Daniels after a red masked man Distracted Daniels before he could bit the BME. And this is a thing. <clears throat> the Red Mask Man. The RMM. The Canes. I, I don't know. What do we call them? The Wolfpack Stings. I don't know. The Mystery Person? Well, people. Because we'll get to it in a minute. Uh, in the finals of the Top Prospect Tournament... Uh, Donovan Dijak was successful over Will Ferreira, so Dijak is your 2015 Top Prospect Tournament champion. Good for him. Stokely Hathaway, Vader Scott and Brutal Bob, and The Decade, and Truth Martini we were all watching, apparently. Interestingly, uh, Jacobs actually stayed, and the other two of The Decade left. There was a handshake at the end between the two wrestlers. And the managers, apart from uh, Truth Martini, all were trying to recruit Donovan. <clears throat> I'm I'm wondering why would uh, Stokely and Vader want to recruit him when he when they have Moose? Uh, I don't get it. Well, because then they they've realised one needs to manage the other. Because a, a wrestler can't have three managers. Yes, and that right, Moose. And then finally, uh, Red Dragon uh, beat the decade after O'Reilly forced Adam Page to tap to the cross-arm breaker. That's probably why they left, because they were prepping for the next match. And then, of course, Carino and Whitmer had another confrontation. So is it Whitmer and Strong, Whitmer and Carino? What the hell? <clears throat> I don't know. Episode 3. Uh, so Tommaso Ciampa beat Jimmy Jacobs via referee stoppage <clears throat> after Ciampa hit a knee to Jacobs against the guardrail and Jacobs couldn't continue. Jay Briscoe, the world champion, was on commentary for this one and they did have a stare down at ringside as well. Oh boy. 
I guess that's at the anniversary show. Uh, Hanson beat the Romantic Touch with a spinning axe kick just a few seconds after Romantic Touch offered him chocolates. I guess he's lactose intolerant. I don't know. Uh, Michael Elgin versus Moose went to a no contest after Elgin shoved Jay Briscoe and Jay then got involved in the match. Moose then accidentally speared Jay which allowed Hanson, Tommaso Ciampa and Mark Briscoe to join in the brawl. And then Moose also purposefully speared Mark Briscoe. And this really makes no sense. <clears throat> Honestly, it doesn't. And then two men in red masks appear in the crowd during this match. So I don't know. And then, finally, the Bullet Club of AJ and the Young Bucks beat ACH, Matt Sydal and Cedric Alexander after AJ hit Sydal with the Styles Clash. And the Men in the Mask did come back briefly and got into it, the Young Bucks. So there's multiple men with multiple red masks. I don't know what's going on. Hmm. Red mask. Yeah, that pretty much tells you who it is. <clears throat> it's Kane. That's got to be Kane. It's Kane with a mask. Well, I mean, the Young Bucks are out there, so it can't be, you know, corporate Kane. So, you know. And if you get the tell, reference, thank tell you. Generica. If you got the reference, tell, thank you. So. I didn't. <laughs> I'll tell you off the air. <laughs> Uh, so finally, with results, Shikara's new start from Sunday afternoon. Mm. Uh, the Wrecking Crew were successful to open uh, the season, beating the throwback Shenron, Gervais, Cottonbelly, and Princess Kimberly after Blasphemic Massive superplexed Kimberly off the top rope. Mm. God damn it, Kimber. Why do you have to put yourself through this? <laughs> Uh, Nockham beat Ophidian to earn three points towards the Grand Championship with a Tombstone Pile Driver. Mm. Uh, NIG beat the Col- NRG, sorry, uh, beat the Colony Extreme Force. Mm, that's surprising. After hitting a black hole slam on Arctic Rescue Ant. Interestingly, that Missile Assault Ant was upset and left without Arctic Rescue Ant. So perhaps there's some dissension between the Colony. Extreme Force. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I was trying to work out what what happened to Orbit Adventurant. Where's he gone? <laughs> Ultra Mantis Black next up beat uh, Juan Francisco de Coronado after hitting a praying mantis bomb. Then we had uh, the BDK of Sanchez, Soldierant, and Hammermeyer, or Jakob, I don't know whichever <clears throat> I should refer to him to, beat the colony of Workrant, Silverant, and Fireant. When uh, Jakob made Workrant submit, but there was a moment when Soldier Ant and Fire Ant went face to face and Soldier Ant hesitated. <clears throat> so, there's stuff happening there. <clears throat> I'm telling you, my theory could happen at some point. Next, um, Kevin Condren beat Eddie Kingston. When Condren fake getting low blowed and. Referee Barber DQ'd Kingston. Therefore, Kingston is dropped all the way back to zero points. Well, that's not a surprise when 
John Bobber's the ref. He's not not that great of a ref. So. <laughs> but it's 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 Kevin saying what he wanted to do. Yeah, something's going on with him, and um, I'm really intrigued with uh, what's his story going to be. Hallowicked and Frightmare in clear new attire. Mm. Yeah. Very weird. Really weird. Pretty awesome looking. Attire beat the Batiri. And Frightmare beat Kodama. Yeah, uh, not only that, but they came out with uh, a a flag with a, a different symbol. So, something's going on there. So... I guess this would be Hallowicked's uh, stable of sorts. Maybe he's starting to, uh, or maybe want to recruit some people. I'm not sure. But uh, just going back for a bit, uh, when Ultraman to Black came out, uh, I noticed some people had said that he didn't came out with the skull that he usually comes out with. So that was uh, very interesting as well. Well, it did get destroyed at the last show, didn't it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Delirious threw it and almost hurt somebody. Smash that shit up. Yeah, but it almost killed somebody. Oh, true. Like, literally. Brock Lesnar style. I think. Lawsuits up the ass. I I think this would be a a good opportunity for Ultra Mantis to finally recruit the Batiri so he could combat uh, with uh, Hollow Wicked's upcoming stable of sorts. And then the main event, which is ironic because we're in Philly and the main event on a Sunday got booed. Uh, Icarus retained the grand championship against Chuck Taylor. The reason why they booed, basically both men tried to cheat throughout the match. I'm not surprised. I, even with Icarus as, a, as the, the, the face of the company, I knew this that was going to happen. Fist. Yeah, they were going to go, they were going to use fist tactics. Yeah, so that doesn't surprise me at all. People wanted to see, I think, just a regular match between the two, but instead you got the shenanigans. I don't mind that. And people then started using hashtag cancel Shikara Network. Oh wait, they haven't got one. Oh, well, they kind of have one, but uh, it's it's not so active at the moment. It's on the construction. <laughs> some reason but i think part of me wanted to see chucky t win the title but that didn't happen unfortunately well it looks like he's got uh knocking to take care of next and i think somebody else is on two points i can't think who off the top of my head well um Speaking of Jakara, uh, this, this this does relate to you. Oh. Uh, they did announce that uh, Soldier Ant will be a part of the UK tour. Yay. <clears throat> as well as the Pateri. Gets better and better. Oh, I might be able to actually enter the Pateri raffle. Yeah, why not? Oh, this is awesome. But you got to make sure to bring some money. So, Yeah. Oh, I'm getting excited now. <laughs> so, n- now we get to... Uh, we've done the results. Now we get to 
the review which we're talking about, which is Evolve 37 from a few weeks back. And I don't know. It says... I, I don't want to say this is a pretty good show. Because it was. <laughs> Why did it say that? I don't know. Um, well, let's just get into it, Sandro. Uh, starting off with the match between Shane Strickland and Tony Nice. Um, considering everything that we've seen from Shane Strickland in other promotions, it's a shame that he's getting reserved to put as opening match on this. He didn't do too bad of a job and everything, but if you put Strickland just up the card a bit more, I, I don't know whether you're going to get more out of him. I don't know. What's what's your feeling, Sandra? Uh, personally, I, I honestly did, had no issue with this. Oh. Um, I could kind of see what you're, where you're going with it, but I didn't really see that. I Like I said, I didn't have an issue with it. I thought it was fine. Now, key thing to note is, uh, I guess due to the events of uh, the last show, Heather was uh, out of commission. It's uh, my, my British girl. What was it? I can't remember her name. Joanna Rose, was it? Yes. <laughs> she was uh, in charge of uh, announced duties. I was like, yes! Five out of five. I, I guess that was the reason why she was there. <laughs> She was there as cover. Sure, as a backup. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, despite Shane underperforming, this was still you know a pretty strong opener, I'd say. Yeah, I would definitely agree. <clears throat> it's definitely pretty good uh, back and forth between both guys. Um, the finish came when Nice hit the pump handle into a power bomb for two count. And then he locked in a single leg crab uh, to get the submission win. Uh, I thought the match was fine, but uh, I thought during the match, I thought some of the attention was taken away from it because uh, before the match started, uh, Nice, uh, alongside the premier athlete, Brian So Young and Caleb Conley, Nice gets on the mic and decides to take up SoCal Val's offer. She comes in, and Nice says that uh, she's going to take up on Val's offer and names SoCal Val the PR for the Premier Athlete brand and has assigned Sue Young to be Val's personal assistant. Uh, and, of course, Sue Young is not having this. She is uh, not pleased with this announcement. And pretty much throughout the entire match... Um, so Kava was pretty much bossing uh, Sue Young around throughout the entire match. Mm. Uh, you know, telling her to take pictures with uh, Caleb, uh, telling her to get some water. There was at one point where I guess she didn't like the water that uh, Sue gave to her, so she spit it out and spat on Sue Young, which was uh, <laughs> kind of messed up. But uh, like I said, she was pretty much bossing her around. And to me, I think that kind of took away the attention from the match. Because yeah. the crowd wasn't, they weren't really paying attention at the match itself. They were paying attention to what was going around outside, which I thought was a bit of unfortunate. But uh, I thought the opening match was fine. 
That was the problem with most of the card, with respect, though, Sandra. Um, um, I know I'm a bit jumping the gun here. But it was quite a lot of... We're basically... We're sort of heavily signposting for a lot of things, saying, Oh, look! I wonder if something will happen with this feud at WrestleMania weekend. Wink, wink. Huge inverted commas. Um, honestly, I didn't see it that way. <clears throat> I think this match in particular was uh, somewhat of an issue, but that was about it. Uh, next up, Timothy Thatcher versus Roderick Strong. And... I think this is proof that Timothy Thatcher might be the one to watch in 2015. Because mm. he put on a great match with Roddy. Uh, it was just... As usual, it was sort of really was a technical match, which obviously Roddy is known for as well. Although, obviously, he can go a bit more sort of... Uh, I don't want to say high-flying, but more athletic... He can do some more fast-paced stuff rather than just the, the technical aspect. But just a, it was really just it was nice. It, it it didn't go on too long. It was really good. The fact that uh, Thatcher got the win, uh, I didn't honestly expect to see coming. But you know, all I would say to the people that are booking this is. Um, Screw this rating system. Can we have Timothy Thatcher be a contender for a title at WrestleMania weekend? I know he's announced that he wants to face here at the shows, but I'd like go one better. Challenge Gagano. Challenge Drew Galloway. Go for a title, because on the performances you've been giving so far, you deserve to be on that level of title hunting. Uh, first off, before I give my thoughts on the match, uh, first off, when Roddy came out, uh, Heather Ling was still at ringside, and uh, when Roddy came out, he actually went up close to Heather, and like Heather like wanted nothing to do with Roderick Strong. Uh, she mm-hmm. didn't even want to look at him in, in the eyes, and Roderick was like trying to apologize to her. So then, before the match even started, Roddy gets on the mic and says um, he would never do. Uh, to Heather from what Drew did uh, the night prior. So they're trying to build up the tension with what, trying to make Drew the bad guy here, the whole situation, even though that's not really the case. Now, on to the match itself. I thought this match was actually pretty good. Uh, Seeing Thatcher a couple of times and seeing him in person last year, this guy is a a really good wrestler. And it was definitely a good a hard-hitting style of a match. Uh, definitely a couple of technical styles into the match as well. Uh, the fans were definitely into Thatcher, and they hated Roderick Strong. I know there were several people that <laughs> hated Roddy. Even during his, his promo, uh, before the match even started, Some, I think it was some woman just started to berate at, at Roderick Strong. I guess you probably saw what happened at the, the night prior. Yeah, they they, they, they getting angry. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, anyways, uh, the finish came when Thatcher uh, locked in a Fujiwara armbar to Roddy and he tapped out. 
to me, I I wasn't really surprised to be honest. I thought uh, this was a good way to build Thatcher in the the company. So I I was not surprised at all. I thought it was good for Thatcher to get the win over an established uh, talent like Roderick Strong. It definitely puts him in contention in the, I guess, in the rankings. And I think at some point, some point later this year, we'll probably see Thatcher in the contendership for a title in the promotion. Definitely. Um, now, next, the next match is possibly the reason why it only ran two hours. Because of the unfortunate incident that happened in the match between Trevor Lee and AR Fox. So I guess the big thing to note here is, I mean, it was pretty early on, wasn't it, Sandro? Yeah, I would say the match. I would say six or eight minutes within the match. Yeah, Trevor Lee went for a punk kick. And I guess just hit AR Fox right in the eye area. Right by the nose area. <laughs> nose eye area. Yeah. Right sort of where the socket is, where your skull would be, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, which busted him open. Uh, I think it gave him a concussion from what I remember from the... Yeah, he did. He did the injury report. He did, <clears throat> and uh, he was a uh, legit knocked out from the the kick. And unfortunately, he had to stop the match. Yeah, and uh, several people. Well, I wouldn't say unfortunately because I prefer a guy to be healthy uh, rather than continue on with a concussion. Yeah. No, I just meant to say that unfortunately he was knocked out and couldn't continue. Yeah. You know, uh, you know it was a it was. Sad to see that happen. Uh, I can understand why they wanted to stop the match with good mm. reasons. And uh, of course, uh, his personal friends uh, came out uh, Uha, Red Swan, and Ricochet. And uh, for some reason, Teddy Hart came out as well. <laughs> I guess to check on him, which is fine. And uh, Charlie really, uh, got the win by default uh, because of this. So. Uh, I'm not even sure if uh, Trevor was supposed to win the match originally. But the interesting thing about it before the incident even occurred was that uh, Lenny, Lenny, Lenny Leonard excuse me, mentioned about Trevor's uh, current run in PWG. And I was uh, very intrigued when he mentioned that on commentary because you don't really hear... Um, any of the commentary in the WWN world mentioning any other promotions. It doesn't matter who is involved. So I thought that was very interesting to hear him say that. So I'm wondering if they're going to try to give a somewhat of a big run for Trivoli. But uh, I guess we'll see what happens in whenever the next shows occur. Whether it's next month or maybe during WrestleMania weekend, but it should be interesting mm-hmm. to see what they have planned for Trevor Lee. Next uh, match for, I guess, um, Biff Busick versus Uha Nation. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
it probably isn't as good a match as the guys could have had, but it was still a pretty good. The main thing that hurt this is, I think, <clears throat> the crowd. Because obviously they've sat through, what, three hours, close to three hours already? If you take into account the FIP show before it. Oh, that's right. And also, obviously, the fact that you've just had this really nasty injury. Well, to be fair, though, um, we, we, don't, we don't know if this was the same crowd that watched the, the earlier short because you had to pay. Well, th- you had to pay. From what I remember, was it, wasn't it if you bought the one, you could get in for the other? No, that was a, the Ebor City show. Oh, okay, just for that one. Yeah, right. it, it wasn't for this one. I'm guessing most would probably have st- stuck around. Probably some. Possibly, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, the crowd weren't into this as much as they could have been. And I don't think the guys did as much a performance as they could have done because I think they were worried that one stiff shot gone wrong would lead to another uh, Fox incident. So I think they just toned it down a bit. But uh, it was still an enjoyable match. And they both did a good job. Busick getting the win with his... uh, submission and then Busick wanting to face Chris Hero was sort of like okay, who actually wants to face Chris Hero? I guess because they're going to have multiple shows, I guess they both face him but regardless it's I guess that probably means we're going to see Biff Busick versus Timothy Thatcher again at Wrestlemania weekend, in which case my god where is the iPay-per-view feed now? (laughs) <laughs> Which is interesting because at the well, actually, I think they might have had the match uh, during the uh, the China tour, if I'm not mistaken. Because I remember before that, uh, the last show in Brooklyn, uh, Biff challenged Thatcher in a match. So mm-hmm. I think that might have occurred in the China show. So I wouldn't have an issue if they had one match to see who would face Hero and later the weekend, but. Onto the match itself. Uh, personally, I thought the match was re- I thought the match was great, to be honest. Uh, yes, the crowd uh, wasn't really into it. There were a few people that was into it, but not a lot of not a lot of them were. Were uh, not sure if they were like still uh, down because of the the Fox incident. Because like after the Fox was taken to the back, the next match just happened, so they had to continue with the show. Not sure that was the case, but I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was a really great match. Uh, the ending was actually very interesting. So basically, Uha uh, was going went for a military press, and then was about to hit the Uha combination. But uh, Biff got out of the military press and hit the the Saka Toshi, which is the reverse judo throw into the rear naked choke, and. Uh, Biff gets the submission win with Uha uh, tapping out, which is really interesting. I thought both guys definitely gave it their all. I enjoyed the match, uh, despite the crowd not into it for whatever reason. Um, I'm really liking it with what uh, Biff is doing so far. And, you know, with Uha's, uh, uh, I guess, pending signing with WWE, uh, this could be his last uh, run with the promotion. Um, I-, I thought it was probably the best move they could do, having Biff going over. And hopefully, uh, we'll see what happens with uh, WrestleMania weekend. 
if uh, he'll take on Thatcher to, I guess, whoever wins that match take on Hero, or for some weird reason, they might make it a three-way match. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see. Now, fifth match on the card had your Evolve Championship on the line as Ricochet took on champion Drew Galloway. This was a pretty good match. The only thing that stopped this from being a great match was lo- was logic. Obviously, I need to do a bit of an explanation. So, obviously, after everything that happened last night, uh, Drew Galloway basically had to have a splint on his finger because of, uh, I don't know if it was accidentally or, it, you know, Keyfabe injured by Roderick Strong the night before. I'm not entirely sure. And then before the bell even rings, Ricochet attacks Drew Galloway. So on that logic, I would, you know, if you go on basic wrestling logic, that is implying that Ricochet is the heel, isn't it? Uh, by logic standards, yes. Mm. But uh, I guess no one's like cheap shot in. Yeah, but it's Ricochet. Everybody loves him. So it's, it's not going to work, you know. Which, speaking of, I don't know if you noticed it. Obviously, uh, Ricochet was acting uh, very uh, heelish during parts of the match, and he was acting very cocky, which, as I mentioned before, he's been doing for quite some time. Uh, I think part Nobody gives a shit because it's Ricochet. <laughs> probably so, but I would probably say he's uh, taking a page out of the Young Bucks, which they kind of do the same thing. And uh, and I say that because uh, during parts of the match, he was uh, telling them to suck in and everything. And doing the pose and all that stuff. So that was hilarious. But uh, like I said, nobody booed him. But uh, the match continued nonetheless. And then there's toward the end. Drew Galloway supposedly accidentally pokes Ricochet in the eye with his splint and then follows it up with uh, a pretty hefty looking kick and then obviously the future shock which then sort of seemed like midway through the match Gabe was going okay he's now the heel and Ricochet is the face that was the only problem that I had because logically if you look at it I would put Galloway as the heel because I think Galloway works better as a heel that's why, you know, when he was Drew McIntyre, the, you know, arrogant sort of character that he was when he started was really good. And Ricochet, considering, you know, how he's loved by everybody, doesn't really make sense to have him work as a heel. It would make more sense the other way around. I would say. So, uh,. Yeah, it's <clears throat> just went a bit against the grain that I thought it would have done. But uh, as I say, it was a it was a very good match. It just stopped from being like a really awesome one just because of I think if you'd have booked it with Galloway as the heel from the start and Ricochet as the face and kept it like that throughout, it would make more sense than this accidental. Split in the eye or something. 
Um, <clears throat> he has some good points about what you said about uh, who's supposed to be the heel in the face and whatnot. I thought it was really interesting the way the match ended. And I don't, to me, it didn't really make him look good. And I'm talking about uh, Drew Galloway because he's still having the, he still wants a shot at uh, Roderick Strong because of what happened the night prior. So for him to, for him for what he did, uh, getting the win doesn't make him look good. In my view, like you said, it makes him the heel. Uh, unless it was like uh, somewhat of a payback for what uh, Ricochet's been acting. I don't know if that was like his response of doing that, but <clears throat> it was still interesting to see nonetheless. But at the same time, it can be confusing for mm-hmm. the fans watching it. Uh, some of the interesting things that happened during the match, and it happened within like the first five minutes, was a moment when there were brawler on the outside, uh, Ricochet is, runs towards uh, Galloway, and Galloway throws him up, and then Ricochet grabs the basketball hoop that's above him, swings around, and then hits a hurricanrana on Galloway, which was unique. I, I think it's been done before. I think I remember. I think it was a. Um, I think it might have been Matt Seidel who probably did it. I don't remember what promotion, but he did it several years ago to somebody. And then, like, uh, Galloway responded. Uh, he hit a follow-away slam. And he threw Ricochet right into the wall. Which is, like, splat. But uh, mm. I thought the rest of the match was... Uh, I thought the match was good, to be honest. Uh, despite mm-hmm. the confusing uh, notion of, like, who's supposed to be the face and heel. I still thought it was a good match, nonetheless. And then finally, <clears throat> main events. Ronin of Chuck Taylor, Rich Swan, and Johnny Gagano. Taking on Harlem and Lancelot Bravado, the Bravado brothers. And their partner, Moose. With the stipulation that whoever loses can never team again. Ever. Now... This was a pretty decent match. I would say, you know, it was entertaining. Whether it should have been main event, I don't know. Uh, Mainly because... I don't want to say they gave away what was happening, but they sort of did. You've got a team in Ronin which very rarely teams up. Because, you know, Gagano and Swan have been at loggerheads previously. As well, I think all three have been at loggerheads with each other over various points in Evolve, haven't they? Well, yeah, but uh, I, there was there was a there was a reasoning behind them teaming up that night because of what happened, you know, the night prior. Yeah, but the, and then that brings me to the other problem. We know Moose is the golden boy of Ring of Honor at the minute, and the likelihood was that he wasn't going to be able to compete in uh, Evolve as well as Ring of Honor. So logically, it sort of was a clear point that Moose and the Bravados are going to lose because Moose Moose isn't going to be around anymore. 
I guess this is the problem of only giving 24-hour notice for some of their matches. Uh, if they set it up with like a bit more notice and they could have built it up, it would have made more sense than the way that they did. It was still a fun, entertaining match, don't get me wrong. But it's it's sort of, again, some of the booking strategies that were put in place that sort of hurt the thing. <clears throat> so, you know, the fact that, obviously, the Bravados now aren't in WWN, all but confirms, obviously, they're gone. And then, but obviously, you had everything that go on afterwards, but... We'll get to that in a minute. I'll get, get your thoughts on the match, Sandra. Well, I, I don't think the, I don't think they said that the like the losing team would like would be gone from the promotion. They just said they wouldn't team up, which is a way to write out Moose. Uh, I don't know about the Bravados. I, I think that's up in the air, which is kind of unfortunate because if you do, then once again, you still have a very lackluster tag division, which I think they desperately need. Um. The match itself, I thought it was good for what it was. It definitely had its moments. Uh, I think halfway through the match, you knew who was going to win, especially when uh, Moose was about to go for a dive and then uh, Harlem like tagged himself in. And then Moose got into his face saying, what are you doing? Why, are you, why did you tag yourself in? And then like Harlem just slapped him already. And then Moose wasn't happy, and then like he threw Harlem into his brother. So that pretty much already told you who was going to win the match. Uh, even though Moose was still still fighting with Ronin. But um, I thought the way, the way the match ended was very interesting. Um, basically, uh, Lancelot and Moose were on the outside. So Ronin decided to attack on Harlem altogether. Um, mm. Gargano hit the Hertz Donut, then followed by a sidekick by Chuck Taylor, and then Swan hit the Frog Splash uh, to get the pinfall. And uh, the Barados are just baffled at what just happened. And uh, like I said, this is probably a way to write off Moose, as uh, he's. I'm I'm hoping he's going to be a Ring of Honor because it seems like they. And to me, Moose is like the independent equivalent of uh, Roman Reigns at the moment. People aren't booing Moose yet, though. That's true, but he kind of <laughs> has like he has like the same, not really the same, like similar characteristics. Uh, he Did can't Moose play for Minnesota. No, but he played for an NFL <laughs> team, so that's true. I know similar. <laughs> He can't really. He he needs help on the mic. Uh, he's limited in the ring, so there's a bit similar characteristics between him and Reigns. I'm just saying. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> um, like I said, the match was 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 good for what it was, and obviously, <clears throat> after that, uh, Gargano gets on the mic and saying that uh, you know he's heard what Galloway said about he's him being the face of the company and all this and that. And say that he's not the face of the company. Everybody in the locker room is the face of the company. Trying to put everybody else over instead of one particular person. So after that, uh, Galloway gets in the ring. 
And he said that he agrees about what Gargano said, except for one thing. That there's only one person that's the face of WWN, and that's Drew Galloway. And he's saying that the reason why he believes this is because he's been the one that's been actively defending the Evolve title. And the recent shows have been Evolve and not Dranga USA. Because if you notice, Dranga USA is dead. And Gargano wasn't. Pretty much, yeah. <clears throat> which, is, which is really true. Let's be realistic. Yeah. Uh, Gargano wasn't really happy about that. He got in his face. And then they kind of went back and forth about you know what title is important and whatnot. And uh, that's how the show ends. Um, overall, personally, I thought this show was better than Evolve 36. And grade-wise, I'm going to give it an A-. I thought most of the matches were, were actually solid to great. Uh, despite the fans, uh, some of them kind of like were not too, went out into some of the matches halfway through. But I thought overall the show was better than uh, 36, in my opinion. Uh, match of the night for me, uh, Biff Busick and Uha Nation, to me, was match of the night. Uh, honorary mentions to the Timothy Thatcher, Roderick Strong match and the Galloway and Ricochet match. Uh, for me, I'm not going to be as generous, but I'm still going to give it a B plus, which is higher than what Evolve 36 got because we both gave that B minus, didn't we? Okay, I, I think I didn't hear you there. I think we did, did. We give Evolve 36 a B or a B minus. I think I gave it a B. Yeah, because I, I, I agree with you. So I'm, I'm giving. I, I won't go as far as a minus for you. I'll, I'll, I'll go with B plus. Because it, you know, it was it was better than thirty six was. Uh, obviously, it's, it's unfortunate what happened with Trevor Lee and Al Fox. Obviously, that doesn't really reflect on anything the review. Overall, it was probably the six matches that we did. Uh, well, the, sorry, the five matches that we did get were strong. Um, not you know. Guess that's a joke on Roderick Strong, considering you know that's my match of the night. But overall, though, it was more consistently good throughout this one than it was with Evolve Thirty Six for me. Obviously, we are bucking the trend of the entire internet, Sandra. Right, because everybody seems to think that this was worse, which I can't honestly see. Okay, there might be better standout matches, possibly, on Evolve 36, but as a whole package experience, 37 is better. As I say, my match of the show was Thatcher and Strong, but I would give uh, Busick and Nation and Galloway Ricochet honorable mentions as well. So, I think that's all. That's everything, as I try and work out how long this segment is, because let's just say, I, I don't know what happened with my computer, but yeah, screw Microsoft, because I can blame them for everything, because they do Skype now. Uh, when we come back, uh, previews of this weekend shows, not too many, but they're big ones, because it's Ring of Honor and Beyond Wrestling, with uh, shows going down, so... 
make sure you are back here for the final part of this week's whole indie show right after this On the SNS Radio Network. Check out the podcast that deals with conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unknown. Check out Unplugged CT with Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, and Bronxzilla. You have questions? We have answers. Keep an open mind because the truth is out there. The truth shall set you free. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Just a reminder for you to listen to Sunday Night Showdown every pay-per-view Sunday as I'll be joined by my broadcast partner, the Bronx Father, Tony J. Marabella, Harmony Boom Boom Jackson, and Mark the Shark DiCarlo as we provide the best pay-per-view coverage of the WWE. And it starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, Every pay-per-view Sunday, Sunday Night Showdown, your home for WWE pay-per-view coverage. Everybody, this is the Bronx Father to tell you about the Get in the Zone podcast every weekend right here on the SNS Radio Network with myself, my co-host Anthony Farley, and bringing you the TNA recap. No, God, please, no, no. L Train. We also cover SmackDown, some news, and you might even get moments like this. 
Oh my brother, testify! Wow. Oh Lord. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. That that was that wasn't half bad. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> to quote, see, since I'm imitating, since I'm imitating Devon tonight, I might as well run the gamut of black wrestlers and go with Booker T. Tell me, I did not just hear that. It's one of those things to edit. <laughs> To edit or not to edit? That is the question. <laughs> For the reaction to Anthony, you cannot edit this one. Oh, shit. Anthony's dead. He's just done. Oh, we might as well just end the show right now. So, check out the archive every single weekend and drop us an email anytime. SNS get in the zone at gmail.com right here on the SNS radio network. Wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SMS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. part of this week's whole indie show last one for january before we head into i don't know it's looking like a pretty busy february isn't it sandra uh yeah in a bit i would say more in like the second half of february yeah true but uh i guess we've got to have some sort of a gap when there's not much going on Otherwise, nobody will be able to breathe, probably. So, uh, we actually, was it that there was something that you read about, possibly, regarding Ring of Honor? 
and another match being added to the anniversary show? Oh, <clears> no, no, it wasn't on the anniversary show. It was on the show that's happening uh, this weekend. Oh, okay. It's on the Saturday show, actually. Right, we'll get to that in a minute, because first up, <clears throat> we need to do the Friday show. Uh, the Friday show for Ring of Honor as part of the Winter Warriors Tour <clears throat> is happening in Dearborn, Michigan at the Ford Community and Performing Arts Center on 15801 Michigan Avenue. The doors open at 6.30 with a bell time of 7.30. And for this event, we'll have Tadarius Thomas taking on Jimmy Jacobs, BJ Whitmer facing the Warbeard that is Hanson, I guess War Machine is copyrighted then, possibly. By either yeah. ACDC or Marvel. No, uh... <clears throat> oh, wait, I see. No, wait, yeah, you're right. I don't know. <laughs> it just seems odd. Because I thought War Machine was for uh, Raymond Merrill, but I realized that's not... <clears throat> uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Tyson Dukes. Mark Briscoe will be taking on Michael Elgin. Matt Sydal will face Matt Taven, so basically Matt wins. Uh, Jay Lethal defends the television title against Roderick Strong. Seems a bit odd on paper, but anyway. <clears throat> Alberto El Patron will be taking on ACH. It's, it's, it's AEP versus ACH. They're probably going to make some reference to that, the crowd. And for the World Championship, Jay Briscoe defends against Michael Bennett. I don't, I don't, I don't know whether these tour shows are TV tapings as well. I don't think so. No, uh, this weekend's shows are for VOD. Right. So uh, Saturday, uh, the Ring of Honor crew will be heading uh, to Dayton, Ohio, <clears throat> which. Possibly is or isn't as good as Cleveland, depending on your opinion. Uh, Saturday at the Montgomery County Fairgrounds Coliseum on 1043 South Main Street. Again, the doors will be opening at half six with a half seven bell time. And uh, <clears throat> matches confirmed so far. Uh, we've got Michael Elgin taking on Chris Dickinson. I'm still looking forward to that, although the annoying thing is that means Dickinson can't be available for Beyond Wrestling. No. Sad face. <clears throat> Tommaso Ciampa will be facing Michael Bennett. The Warbeard, that is Hanson, will face Matt Taven. Alberto Patron takes on Roderick Strong. Uh, the Briscoes are versus ACH and uh, Matt Sydow. And just added breaking news style as a recording. Oh, uh, yeah. sorry about that. I thought you had it. <laughs> Tension mounting. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, they added the decade taking on. I'm pretty sure this will be their debut as well. Of arrow form of Lewis Linden and Flip Kendrick. Oh wow. That's that's a surprise. 
And don't get me wrong, good surprise. Uh, also set to appear are the Romantic Touch and Jay Lethal. But we don't know what they're doing. Perhaps facing each other, who knows. And then we come to <clears throat> uh, the other show on Saturday, which is the first show, I think, of the year for Beyond. Yes, because it is January. Well, I, I, I guess the, the, the Dojo War stuff doesn't get counted. No, that, first that doesn't count. That's for like the student shows. So yeah, it's Hit and Run, which was implied by the music that we had, as you'd expect. Uh, as ever happening at Fake Music in Providence, Rhode Island. 7 o'clock, the doors open for the VIPs. 7.30 for everybody else and 8pm bell time. Uh, for the, the main guard. So on this one, we have Matt Tremont taking on Ricky Shane Page. Hmm. That's one, I guess, I guess is that Shane Page's first appearance in Beyond Wrestling for a while? Uh, in a while, yeah. <clears throat> uh, the hooligans of Devin and Mason Cutter will take on the hoods of Davy Cash and Chris Pyro. Shenron will be taking on Fire Ant. <laughs> oh my word. <clears throat> the guy who jumped off the balcony at the Trocadero versus the guy who can do a standing 630. If somebody doesn't get hurt here, this is disappointing. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Kimberly will be taking on David Starr. With the added stipulation that Kimberly's alligator clutch move is barred. My thing is, is it only barred for Kimber? <clears throat> or is the move barred outright, do we know? Uh, I would say altogether. Well, I was just wondering if David Starr wins with the alligator clutch. Well... Well, David said that Kimberly can't use the move. So, uh, I guess if David wanted to, he could use it. But uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey takes on Silver, right? That should be pretty good. The rise and rise of Speedball Mike Bailey. <laughs> uh, the Team Pazuzu versus Team Canada. No, not that one from TNA uh, is underway. As uh, Yaka, Pinky Sanchez, Mike Drassic, and Angel Ortiz. Obviously, no Dickinson because, you know, he's busy. Hopefully, beating the shit out of Michael Elgin, who hopefully will be beating the shit out of him in return. Because knowing those two guys, uh, if they didn't beat the shit out of each other, I guess they'd be disappointed. Uh, they are going to be taking on, I guess, Team Canada. Yes. Uh, Frankie the Mobster, Bucks Belmar, Thomas Dubois, Matthew St. Jack. So, yeah, uh, Tabernacle the team with Frankie and Bucks. <clears throat> it's a weird one. Is that, is that Frankie's... 
I don't think it's Frankie's debut in Beyond, but it's again, it's the first time in a while. I think it might be his debut. I, I know Tabernacle have been missing in action for a while. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess they couldn't get a ride down with Steen anymore. <laughs> they couldn't. Well, I mean, Bel- Belmar's been around a couple of times. True, yeah, he's had a few good matches. Probably a uh, scheduling conflict or something. <clears throat> yeah. Now, an interesting one here. Anthony Stone taking on M-Dog 20 Matt Cross. Yes. Is this... This is... I don't think this is Cross's debut, but he must have... He's been away for a while, hasn't he? Uh, I think this might be his debut. I'm not really sure. Also, I'm wondering, is is this possible... Could this possibly not be happening? Because if he's scheduled for... Could he be scheduled for Lucha Underground stuff? Well, I would assume they are having tapings. <clears throat> well, actually, I don't. I'm not, I don't think they're having tapings this week. I'm not really sure. Thank yeah, I don't, uh, yeah. I, it probably, it probably wouldn't make sense to have taping on Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, that, yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> that's why nobody's having a show on Sunday. Okay, that makes sense. I, I, I forgot it's uh, Super Bowl <laughs> this weekend. Oh, but Hang at, on. at the same time, I need time. to get that line. I need to get that line from the Seattle bloke. But at the same time, I let go to my app. <laughs> at the same time, I don't really care because I don't watch football, so you know it's whatever. But I'm pretty sure uh, Kimberly's happy because I think her team's in the finals or something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's his name? Marshawn Lynch. Just responding. You know why I'm here. <laughs> Seahawks. Yeah, that's, well, that's what. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and the main event. Chris Hero teaming up with JT Dunn to take on Biff Busick and Drew Gulak. Excuse me. That would be interesting. <laughs> you know what's funny? Looking at, at the poster, <laughs> uh, it's funny because it seems like you would think that uh, JT and, and Chris are like related or something because they look very similar. <laughs> True. And I also wonder if this is the unofficial poster for Fastlane. Because mm. <clears throat> it's got a road. Yeah, that's true. It's got angry people on it. Seems like a poster for Fastlane. But uh, yeah, but there's other people on the card as well. But not average. Yes. Matches. Um, scheduled to compete. Although we don't know how. Uh, John Silver, David Vega, Dave Cohen, Ryan Rush, Gallioni. Or Galone. I'm not sure it's pronounced. I guess Gallioni. And the last three I'm going to bunch together as one because I think it's probably going to be a six-man tag or something. As also said to compete of a gentleman's club of Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, and the Swamp Monster. <clears throat> Yay. That's interesting. Swamp Monsters in action. Yay. Well, that's interesting that uh, Cassidy's in the show. I'm just saying. Well, we'll see. Should be good. Oh yeah, I, w- I will say the card doesn't intrigue me. The show, the, I think that main event's gonna be a show stealer. Probably, I don't know if they're gonna have a show in February because obviously it's a short month. But 
We'll find I'd out. Have thought they're, they're, they're certainly going to have at least one show I'd have thought before WrestleMania week and all that. Yeah, we'll find out. They'll they'll usually announce it uh, during the show. So. I'm guessing all these promotions in the Midwest as well will be taking advantage of the SummerSlam weekend as well. <clears throat> Probably. And uh, excuse me. A key thing to note: this is actually the first Saturday night uh, Beyond show. Yeah, because they've had Fridays, Friday nights, and Sunday afternoons, I think, or Sunday nights. Oh, it's mostly Sunday afternoons for yeah. the main shows. Well, they've had Sunday nights before, though. Didn't they have a Didn't they have a Sunday night for um, TFT? Yeah, it's Sunday afternoon into the evening, like late afternoon. Does well, hang on? Does that mean Alive and Kicking was Saturday as well then? Oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the first uh, Saturday it's the of first the year. Standalone show. Yeah. Unless, of course, there is a secret show that we don't know about. Uh, Considering it's secret would be not a surprise. <laughs> well, I mean, they they kind of had one with the, the Dojo Wars, so... Yeah, in essence, yeah. I don't need another one. There's no reason unless, to have you know, them, they but, do uh, really you know. We'll see, but yeah. That's, I think everything lined up for this week. Obviously, next week is going to be a big one because it's National Pro Wrestling Day. No, that's quick. Which is going to be on a Sunday for a change because obviously it's not the Super Bowl Saturday anymore. Which, to be honest, makes sense. Because <clears throat> then it means they can do a show in the afternoon and everybody can watch it and not be distracted by anything. Uh, but, you know, there's probably other shows going on, but I can't remember off the top of my head, but the big one certainly will be the free National Pro Wrestling Day one. Um, so with that, I think that's all for this week. Yeah, that's it. No emails. You know, don't be afraid to email in, guys. If you've got your view on certain things on indie wrestling, feel free to hit us up. We'll give you the details in a minute or so. Or you could hit us up on Twitter Mm. for... Yeah, I guess easier access. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give you the details in a minute. Um, obviously, check out all the other shows here on the network. Sunday Night Showdown. I don't know whether there's going to be another one after the way that uh, they felt about the Royal Rumble. I'm sure they will. There'll probably be at least one for WrestleMania, but you know, we'll see. We'll see if the product gets any better. Uh, obviously, on uh, you've also got podcasts. You've got Unplugged, uh, Beyond the Bell, Elite Force Podcast, uh, Sticks and Flicks, Get in the Zone, Unplugged CT. Um, I think that's everything I mentioned. Running the Ropes. I think that's everybody. Apologies if I forgot your podcast. But there's a lot for me to cover. And I'm running on very little sleep. So, Sandro, how can uh, people get in touch with us via email or Twitter or the other things? You can find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash the whole indie show. Like us over there. You can find us on Twitter at TWIS underscore podcast. Uh, You can find myself over at Sandro TWIS, S-A-N-D-R-O. 
T-W-I-S. You can follow Ashley over at Ash is my name UK. Uh, like I said, you can hit us up with you have feedback or reactions on anything we said as well over there. Uh, emails, the same thing. Uh, send us your emails to wholeindie at snsradionetwork.com. That's indie with a Y I N D Y. Uh, find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Search for the whole indie show. Subscribe, rate us, and leave us feedback. And find all the archives and RSS feeds over at snsradionetwork.com. Woo! Yeah, so that's about it uh, for previews. Um, <clears throat> forgot that there's a UFC show happening this weekend. It's going to be an important show, yeah. so I got to <laughs> I got to check that out. I guess there's some football game happening. Uh, I guess I don't care. Don't care for football. But uh, uh, we'll see what happens for next week as far as reviews. But uh, yeah, that's about it. Yes, uh, so I think the song of the night this week, um, I'll go sort of a little old school because it's you know nearly twenty years. Still feel it still feels longer than that now. Uh, from the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack, uh, it's the Cardigans with Loveful because you know Valentine's Day is coming up, and fuck Fifty Shades of Grey. This was Ashley. That was Sandro. That has been your weekly slice of indie goodness. Yeah, that's the feeling right there. Spread the love, people. Night, everybody. We're out.
I'm so wrong.